Happy Autumn! Welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is Christine and I'll be your online host for today. If this is your first time tuning in, we would love to welcome you. Please text NEW to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. And attention all parents! Don't forget to visit mythrive.info slash thrivekids to get down with the kids activity for today and follow along during our kids Zoom classes from 10.45 to 11.15 a.m. There will be kids worship, a lesson, and games. It's a lot of fun, so I hope to see all the kids online. All right, it's pumpkin spice season. With that being said, I got a question for all of you. Put your answer in the chat room or tell the person next to you. Are you ready? I can't hear you, are you ready? All right, here's the question. Who can tell me how heavy is the heaviest pumpkin ever recorded in the whole world? Let me say that again. How heavy is the heaviest pumpkin ever recorded in the world? Don't use Google. Say or type your answer right now. Did you guess the correct answer? Let's find out. Let me ask Google. Okay, Google, how heavy is the heaviest pumpkin in the world? 2,624.6 pounds. Here's a summary. Wow, the heaviest pumpkin is 2,624 pounds grown in Belgium. Can I hear you say wow? Now, take a selfie of yourself tuning into Thrive Church Online and put a pumpkin emoji beside you and post it on all of your social media platforms. And be sure to tag us at hashtag Thrive Church Online. All right, everyone, get comfy in your chairs and have your morning beverage ready. And let's jump into today's word. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I'm so excited to welcome you to an amazing Sunday here at Thrive Church Online. If this is your first time here, you are what we call our VIP, and a very special welcome to you especially. In fact, we want to give you a special gift just to say thank you so much for spending your Sunday with us. If you want to go to mythrive.info, use your web browser, go to mythrive.info, there is a special gift we have for you. It is your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle waiting just for you. You can go to mythrive.info or you can text the word NEW to 604-285-5770. We would love to connect with you and a huge welcome to you. You are what we call our VIP. Everyone say our VIP. We actually have a saying here at Thrive, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, we just welcome one another to church today, wherever in the world you're watching the service right now, would you welcome one another in your chat rooms, maybe you're sitting beside someone, would you give them an air high five, an air handshake, a real high five, a real handshake, an air hug, there's so many different options, just do whatever you think is appropriate to welcome another to church today, and it's so good to have you here in the house of God together. Awesome. Well, hey, it is 
amazing to be with you right now. We're going to have an amazing time in our service today. But let me tell you about something that is happening right after this service. Is that right after the service, we have something really cool going on. It's called Meet the Pastors on Zoom. Everyone say Meet the Pastors on Zoom. Meet the Pastors on Zoom is happening right after this service. And so we want to encourage you, if you are new to Thrive, if you have just joined us today or in the past few months or maybe since the beginning of the year, we would love to meet you. In fact, our church has grown ever since we moved exclusively online due to COVID-19. And there's so many people that we have yet to meet face-to-face and we would love to meet you today. And so if you would go to mythrive.info, there's a button there that says Meet the Pastors on Zoom. All you do is touch that button and just like in a supermarket, game you take that warp pipe and it'll warp you to that meeting on zoom or if you're really familiar with zoom and you just want the 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 the, the id for the meeting as well as the password it's on the screen as well whatever the case may be we would love to see you at meet the pastors on zoom you even want to bring your favorite drink i'm going to bring a drink you want to bring your own drink and and just uh, and just have that to share we would love to do that together can't wait to meet you at meet the pastors on zoom another thing i want to let you know about as well is that if you are here and you want to grow in your relationship with God, then we've got something very special for you that's happening next week, starting next Sunday, October 4. And that is called Thrive Discipleship School. And see, Thrive Discipleship School, also known as TDS, is seven weeks where you're going to receive 10 powerful lessons, learning several important keys to growing in your relationship with God in terms of growing spiritually. And not only will you learn about these keys, but you'll have the opportunity to experience these keys at work in your life over the seven-week period. It is one of the best ways that we have here at Thrive to help you grow spiritually. It's also one of the best ways you can learn more about Thrive Church. And it's all online. You can do this in your bedroom. You can do this in the car. You can do this wherever you are, whenever it's convenient for you. It is one of the best things we do here and we encourage you to get in on that. You go to mythrive.info to register for that. We're starting October 4 and we can't wait to have you there. In fact, just in case you're wondering you know, what the experience is like, we have you know different people giving feedback on their experience in TDS. This most recent term we had of TDS, uh, this is what one person wrote. They said, TDS has helped me to refocus and reflect on the most important parts of my life, how my relationship with God should develop. I easily get caught up in my schedule, studies, and work and TDS gives me a clear frame on how I can engage with God in my personal life and getting to know him more. Praise God for that. Here's another person who said, TDS taught me several eye-opening lessons and was a great way to introduce the Christian faith, the Holy Spirit, and the importance of reading our Bible. This course really helped me catch up with a basic understanding of Christianity and with each lesson, I would feel prouder to call myself a Christian and a child of God. Each lesson really resonated in me and there were numerous times where I I could feel tears well up in my eyes as I listened to the lessons. I was definitely a lot more interested in this course than I am when studying for school. This was definitely a course worth taking. Through TDS, I was able to find some clarity in my relationship with God, and I could feel God giving me more clarity and wisdom over the things I've been frustrated about in my life when I couldn't see Him. TDS has made me a more devoted disciple of God, and I cannot stop sharing what I've learned from TDS to my friends and to apply it to my daily life. From this course, it really got me to appreciate God and the difference it makes in accepting him into my life. Can you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? 
We're so thankful and we're so excited about the ways that God seems to be using TDS in the lives of people here. And you could be one of those people who's impacted as well. I want to encourage you to go and sign up for TDS, Thrive Disruptive School, happening on October the 4th. It could be the best class you take and also the cheapest class you take this coming year. Uh, and it is certainly worthwhile. Whether you are a new Christian, you're just exploring the Christian faith, or you're an old Christian, you've been a Christian for a long time, we found people from all sorts of different stages in their journey finding it is such a helpful thing for them to do and so we encourage you to take TDS turn to your neighbor and say I'm looking forward to TDS looking forward to TDS go and sign up at mythrive.info do you guys bring your Bibles here today? Would you mind grabbing those right now? Why don't you grab out your Bibles? Mine's a paper Bible here. Maybe yours is a device or a computer or, or a phone. You got the Bible in there. Uh, anyway, it's cool. Why don't you just lift up your Bible this way? Is this a fun way for us to get our hearts ready for the message together? So let's say this together in a big, loud voice. It's also on the screen so you could read it out to you. You can say this, this, this with me right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, by the way, if you are new to church or new to Christianity, you're just basically here to explore. You're not even really sure why you're here, but you're just kind of curious. The fact is, we are so thrilled that you are here. And we hope that you'll find that Thrive Church is a safe place that you can uh, you know, call home, a place that uh, you can find yeah, uh, is a place where you can explore your questions. If there are th- ways that we can be praying for you, uh, please let us know. You can touch that prayer request button. If there are questions you want to ask, you can always email us at info at thrivechurch.ca or you can go to mythrive.info. There's all sorts of next steps that you can take. And so encourage you to make the most of your time here. Make yourself at home. We are so glad that you are here. Well, I'm super, super excited to bring the message to all of you today. Are you guys ready for God's word in this place today? So excited to bring this message to all of you. And let me begin by telling you a story that is not from the Bible, although you may think it sounds like it's from the Bible. Here we go. On the first day, God created the dog and said, sit all day on the front porch of your house and bark at anybody who walks by. And I'm going to give you a lifespan, God said, of 20 years. And the dog thought and said, 20 years? That's way too long to be barking. Give me 10 years and I'll give you back the other 10. And God said, okay, sure. And then on the second day, God created the monkey. And he said, entertain people, do monkey tricks for them. And I'm going to give you a lifespan of 20 years. And the monkey said, 20 years? That's way too long. I can't be entertaining and doing monkey tricks for 20 years, just like the dog. Let me take 10 years and I'll give you back the other 10. And God said, oh, okay. And then on the third day, God created the cow and said, go into the field and work all day long at the farm, slave under the sun, have calves, give milk to support the farm, and I'm going to give you a lifespan of 60 years. And the cow said, I can't do that for 60 years. Tell you what, just give me 20 years and I'll give you back the other 40. And God agreed. Now on the fourth day, God created the human being and said, eat, sleep, play, have fun, enjoy your life, be merry. I will give you 20 years. And the human being said, what? Only 20 years? How about this? 
How about you give me the 40 that the cow gave back? And how about you give me the 10 that the monkey gave back? And give me the other 10 that the dog gave back? That makes for 80 years. And God agreed. And see, that's why for the first 20 years of our lives, we eat, we sleep, we play, we have fun, we marry, and we enjoy our lives Then for the next 40 years, we slave in the sun to support our family. For the next 10 years, we do monkey tricks to entertain the grandchildren. And for the last 10 years, we just sit on the front porch and we bark at everybody who goes by. All right? (laughs) You've just had life explained to you in a really simple way. But see, this is the thing. Is that true? If that was true, which phase of life are you in right now? Are you in the enjoying life phase? Are you in the cow slaving under the sun all day providing for the farm phase? Are you in the monkey tricks phase right now? Are you in the dog barking phase right now? Maybe you're here. You're not even 20 years old right now, but you feel like you're in the dog barking phase already, that you're just kind of barking at everything that's wrong in life right now. You're complaining and you're focusing on everything that's wrong. But, and and, and that, if that's you, the fact is you're not alone. The fact is these are some frustrating times. Times when people's plans have been frustrated. Times when people's businesses and careers have been frustrated. Times when people's work and their studies have been frustrated. Times when people's relationships and just general way of living have been frustrated. And it makes for a lot of frustrating emotions. But I'm here to tell you today that being frustrated, being just like someone who's complaining and magnifying everything that's wrong, it's not the only way to live in these uncertain times. Here at Thrive, we believe there's a better way to live. And, and that, that's not just some positive thinking gimmick that we peddle here at church. It's because the Bible tells us there's a better way to live. And that better way to live is this thing we're talking about this coming year, is that our theme for this year at Thrive Church, this brand new year starting in September, is contagious hope. And see, it's because we believe that though in this world we will have trouble, because of Jesus, we also have something called hope. And that hope is even greater than our trouble. This coming year, in this year of contagious hope, I'm here to tell you, we're not here to just spread and infect people with COVID-19. We're not here to do that at all. We're here to spread and infect people with something called hope. And see, just a couple weeks ago, we kicked off this brand new year here at Thrive by doing something called Thrive Uber Ice cream. And it's where anyone who signed up, we would deliver through a team of amazing volunteers. We would deliver to their door a free pint of Haagen-Dazs chocolate ice cream. And there's no tip. There's no delivery fee. It's simply a way just to share God's love and to celebrate the brand new year. So thankful for all those who participated in that. We actually sold out in the first two hours of it because, you know, just it was just such a, such a great thing. And, and here's the thing. Whether you volunteered as a Thrive Uber ice cream driver on that day or not. I'm here to let you know in this brand new year at Thrive Church, you and I, we are Thrive Uber drivers still. And why is that? It's because as Thrive Uber drivers, we're not here just to deliver ice cream or pizza per se or poutine, but what we're here to deliver is something called hope. It's the year of contagious hope. Would you tell your neighbor and say, you're an Uber hope driver? Could you tell them that right now? You're an Uber hope driver. You're here to deliver hope. And because it's the year of contagious hope, we've been talking a lot about hope these days. We've been learning about hope. We've been learning that hope is not something we manufacture, but it is the product of God's power working in our lives. See, as Thrive Hope drivers, we're not here to 
produce a hope that's based on you know, us pretending or performing, but it's us getting a hope that comes from God's power working in us. It's like we as Thrive Uber drivers are, are going to God's factory and we're getting hope there and we get to deliver it wherever we go. It's not something we manufacture. It's God's power working in us. Hope is also something we learned that is not a feeling only, but hope is a person. His name is Jesus. And the closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to hope. That's why I'm so glad that you're here. And that's why we have a saying here at Thrive Church, which is that because Jesus is here, hope lives here. Hope lives here. Would you tell your neighbor that? Hope lives here. Hope lives here. You know, I, 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 wish, I wish our next Thrive Church t-shirt would have those three words, hope lives here. I'd wear that t-shirt for sure. And see, here's the thing. What if there was a way for us as a church family, as a church community, to spread contagious hope to the city around us, to the world around us? What if there was a way? I believe there are many, many ways. In fact, last week, we put, you, uh, put, we, we, we put uh, some attention on this contagious hope bucket list that we're making available to all of you. You can go to mythrive.info to find it. These are just 10 ways that you can spread hope in this uncertain time to the people around you, both locally and internationally. And see, today, building on this theme of contagious hope, I want to share with you a message that I call hope that overflows. Hope that overflows. Would you read Romans 15 verse 13 with me? In many ways, this is like our theme verse for the entire year. And I love it. Look at it, look at it right now. We, we looked at this a couple weeks ago. We're going to look at it again right now. Look at it. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you have your Bibles in front of you, I encourage you to have a Bible and a way to highlight your Bible. Would you underline or highlight these three words? Overflow with hope. See, God made you to have a hope that overflows. A hope that isn't something that you pretend or perform or produce yourself, but a hope that comes from his power working in your life. And he made you to have this hope that overflows from you to the people around you. And with that in mind, I want to turn our attention to a video right now. It's probably the longest video we've ever shown at Thrive. It runs about 13 minutes long, but I can guarantee it's not going to feel like 13 minutes. Uh, It's an excellent video. It's called The Man in the Red Bandana. Let's check this out right now. What would you do last hour of your life? Where would you be? Who would remember it? What would it look like? Maybe it would look like this. A symbol of absolutely the most pure form of compassion and love. No greater love hath one than to lay down his life for his fellow man. It's all right here in this red bandana for me. Wells Crowther first began carrying the red bandana when he was six years old, growing up in Nyack, New York, a suburb north of Manhattan. It soon became a signature and a link between father and son. Wells was a little boy and my husband took a little white handkerchief and and folded it up and put it in his pocket 
And he said, now, Wells, this white handkerchief, that's for show. Here's a bandana, that's for blow, to blow your nose. So from the time he was a very little boy, that's what he carried, and mostly red bandanas. <laughs> he loved having that red bandana, and he always had it with him. He always had it with him. By the time Wells was in high school, he spent most of his time in two places, on the field or at the firehouse. As soon as he turned 16, he signed up as a junior firefighter. He had a great affinity for it. He, you know, he loved helping people. I just remember uh, a kid that was a smart kid. He knew he was concentrating on what he had to do. And you could tell he kind of had the right stuff, you know. In sports, Wells was a leader, a captain on the ice, a top scorer on the field, always wearing number 19. He was a real team player. It was his quote in his high school yearbook, there is no I in team. He continued to play at Boston College, a Division I lacrosse player, the bandana always there beneath his helmet. He wasn't as tall and wasn't as large as a lot of players, uh, certainly when he's going against a lot of large defensemen at a Division I level. So you're talking about someone that kind of went in there and uh, really had to scrap and fight for everything. You know, Wells was just there for, for everybody and anybody. Wells was the first guy to pat you on the back if you, had, if you didn't have a good game. Um, and always a smile. After graduating in 1999, Wells moved to New York City. He took a job as an equities trader for the firm Sandler O'Neill. His office was on the 104th floor in the South Tower of the World Trade Center. He always wanted to be in business, and he wanted to be down on Wall Street. So he was living his dream. But also there was a piece missing. Wells called me one day and said, you know, Dad, I think I want to change my career. I said, excuse me? He said, I think I want to be a New York City firefighter. He also said, Dad, if I sit in front of this computer for the rest of my life, I'll go crazy. This is live coverage from ABC News. An airplane has crashed into... At 8.46 a.m. on September 11th, American Airlines Flight 11 flew into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. Wells, already at his desk in the South Tower, called and left a message for his mother. Mom, this is Wells. I want you to know that I'm okay. In the 78th floor sky lobby of the South Tower, approximately 200 people were waiting to evacuate by the elevators. We were just chatting, and next thing you know, it just exploded. At 9.02, United Flight 175 hit the building, its wings cutting a diagonal path between the 78th and 84th floors. And I went from one end to another. I just flew. And when I got up, I realized that I can't see because my glasses were filled with blood, and I wiped it off. When I wiped it, I looked around. I said, oh, my God. 
because a lot of people completed that. Severely burned and stranded amongst the dying, Young and others still alive, saw no way out. We looked around the floor, I said, well, we really can't move because we don't know what happened. We're afraid that we're going to put a, take a step, the whole thing's going to sink in. Then all of a sudden, we saw a young man come out of nowhere. You heard this man's voice say, I found the stairs. Follow me. Only help the one that you can help. It's the way he said it. And we just got up, we follow. The man led Young and others from the Sky Lobby to Stairway A, the only functional stairway left on the 78th floor. He led them down to the 61st floor, where they met firefighters who escorted them to working elevators on the 40th floor. After leading the group down, the man turned and headed back up the stairs. He said, I'm going back up, because he knows there's a lot of people up there on the 78th floor that needed help. I mean, he could have continued going down with us, but he didn't, he decided to go back up. The man climbed 17 floors, returning again to the burning sky lobby. There he found other survivors, including Judy Ween. She does not speak publicly about what happened. Her husband, Jerry, saw her at the hospital later the afternoon of September 11th. She had just come out of surgery. At that point, she could hardly speak, but she wanted to tell me what had happened. Judy said she saw a young man appear out of nowhere. She watched him as he went around helping people, putting out fires, and administering aid to the injured. And he said, everyone who can stand, stand now. If you can help others, do so. Those were his exact words as she told it to me that afternoon. After being led safely to the stairway, Ween saw the man go back to the burning sky lobby. At 9.59 a.m., the South Tower collapsed. I saw it. I was standing right here in this room, watching, and I saw the tower collapse. I thought to myself, if Wells is lost, I literally dropped down on my knees here, and I said, and I prayed, I said, dear God, Take me now. Leave him here. Take me now. When I heard the news that the tower had come down, I knew in my heart of hearts that Wells was gone. I can't explain why, other than it was just a mother's heart knowing. <laughs> Sorry. Six months after the attacks, March 19, 2002, Wells's body was found in what was the lobby of the South Tower, next to uniformed firefighters. Still, the details of his death remained a mystery. That May, the New York Times published an account from survivors inside the South Tower. One detail struck Wells's family immediately. 
and that was Judy Ween saying it. And this mysterious man wearing a red kerchief was calling out, basically setting up a triage. The minute I saw the reference to the red kerchief, I went, oh my God, Wells, I've found you. Alison Crowther began to search for confirmation of what she already believed. She sent this photo of her son to Ween and another survivor mentioned in the article, Ling Young. I looked at it very carefully. I said, yes, that was him. There was no question in my mind. And so, that was a beautiful thing for all of us for to to that I finally found him I finally found him and and for them too that they would know who this man was to know that Wells in that figurative sense took off the equity trader hat and put it on the table picked up his helmet firefighter's helmet and went to work for me that was an incredible incredible thing to know. According to accounts from survivors, Wells helped to save as many as 12 people on September 11th. We're here today to uh, honor a, a true hero. In 2006, Wells Crowther was posthumously named the New York City Firefighter. Mr. Barton could be proud to have a member like Wells in our family. That same year, Tyler Jewell Wells' teammate at Boston College wore a red bandana in his honor while competing as a snowboarder in the Winter Olympics. For me, the red bandana symbolizes everything I want to be and everything that Wells was. You know, strength, honor, courage. Um, that's a, he's a, he's a true hero. Wells is remembered by the people and the places he touched. At Boston College, in the annual Red Bandana Run each fall. In Nyack, inside Empire Hook and Ladder, his picture is the last image firefighters see before they answer a call. In New Jersey, in a photo inside the living room of a woman he saved. Without him, I wouldn't be here. He saved my life. And he always be with my heart and always be with me. Unfortunately, Allison has to lose him to save me. I still weep every day for my son. He was my best friend. I was his best friend. At some point of every day, Sometimes in the morning when I'm shaving, and I'm standing in front of the mirror, and I have a 19 that's tattooed over my heart. And I'm looking at that 19, and the memories just come flooding back. But really, I just weep for the loss of his company. He was just such a wonderful friend. What would you do in the last hour of your life? Where would you be? Who would remember it? 
What would it look like? Maybe it wouldn't look anything like loss, but would be the thread of legacy and the color of honor. You know, I, I don't know why, for myself, whenever I watch this video, and this is maybe the fourth or the fifth time I've, I've seen this video, is that every time I watch this video, I start crying like a baby. And um, I say I don't know why, but I think I really do know why. It's because I find that this video hits me on, on so many different levels. Is that as a parent, this video is a heartbreaking one for me. Is that Wells Crowther, he was the son of Jefferson and Allison Crowther. And when I think about Wells and how he wanted to be a fireman, <laughs> I can't help but think about my two-year-old Caleb, who loves fire trucks. And, uh, you know, I make that connection. When, when I think about Wells' heart for people, I can't help but think about my son, my older son Bradley, who's, who's got such a heart for people. And both of them are my best friends. And the thought of losing either one of them, like, it just, there, there are no words to begin to describe what that would do to me. And so as a parent, I know I, I relate to that video. Um, as someone who lived in New York for a short time, my wife, Charlene, and I, uh, I think we can relate to this video in a way, too, is that, in fact, just two weeks before the horrible terrorist attacks that happened on September 11th on the World Trade Center, Charlene and I actually uh, ate dinner in the World Trade Center. That was just two weeks before. And, you know, all these memories of New York come flooding back to me about that time when, uh, you know, when, when the September 11 attacks happened. Uh, as a Christian, I relate to this video because when I think about what Wells did, how he gave his life to save others, I can't help but think about what, how Jesus, about what Jesus did for you and for me. See, have you ever been stuck in a burning building before and just been not able to get out? You have and I have too. Because the Bible says that all of us are trapped in a burning building that we can't get out of ourselves. That burning building is something called our sin. What is sin? Sin is whenever we decide, whenever I decide to do things my way instead of God's way. It's when I put myself above God or above people and say, I don't care what God thinks. I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm just going to do things my way. And the effects of sin are widespread. Is that sin is like a fire that I start myself that ends up burning my relationships. It ends up incinerating my own peace of mind. It ends up more, more than anything destroying my relationship with God such that no matter what I do, I can't have any anything to do with God because God is perfect and my sin keeps me from him. And see, the Bible even says the wages of sin is death, meaning that we can't have anything to do with God, not now, not forever. See, sin is so serious that if we don't do something about it, it's going to kill us. And see, when it comes to the problem of sin, most religions will tell you it's about what you have to do to get yourself out. That if you try hard enough, if you do enough good things, that maybe, just maybe, you can get yourself out of this burning building. But the Bible tells us differently, is that no matter how much you try to do, we can't get ourselves out. No matter how hard I try, I will never be able to meet God's standards. But think that this is the thing, is that what we needed was a savior. What we needed was someone to rescue us. And that's where Jesus comes in is that when our lives were in danger, just like what Wells did for the people in that building, he said, you know, he led them out. He called their names, or they, they, he called them. He, he led them down the stairs. In some cases, he even carried people to safety. Similarly, when our lives were in danger and there was nothing we could do to get out of this burning building called our sin, Jesus called out to us and he carried us to safety. 
And see, just as Wells Crowther went back up 17 floors to that same floor to help more people, just as he went back up so others could come down, so Jesus Christ went up on a cross so that we could come down. Jesus Christ died the death that we were supposed to die so that you and I could come down to safety. In other words, you have someone like Wells Crowther in your life. His name is Jesus. And see, you weren't saved by a man in the red bandana, but you were saved by a man on a red cross who bled and died and suffered to pay for our sins. That is the love of God. Oh, come on, can you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Romans 5, 8 says, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And see, Jesus died for our sins, but then to show that he is no ordinary man, Jesus rose again from the grave to show that death and our sin have no hold over him anymore, such that whoever places their trust in Jesus Christ, they are saved from their sins. They are forgiven. Their past is clean. And as a result, we have been brought back to God. And that gives us hope. If it means that nothing you do in life can keep God from loving you, so much so that when we couldn't reach for God, God reached for us by sending Jesus Christ for you and for me. And if you've got questions about Jesus, why he did that, his death, you know, did he really resurrect? I would invite you to check out a message that we did just, just over a year and a half ago called Resurrection, Fact or Fiction. It was on April 7, 2019. But that's what, what Jesus did for us. He died for us, and then he rose again. See, John 15, 13 says this, and this is in fact quoted by Jefferson, Wells' dad in the video. He says this, he says, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. See, when you know someone has given their life to save yours, you will want to honor them in some way. Is that you'll naturally think, if you know that someone has saved your life, you will naturally think, what can I do in return? Like, what, what can I do to honor this person? And likewise, when you know that Jesus Christ laid down his life for you, you will naturally want to honor him back. You will start thinking, what can I do to honor that person? That's why Psalm 116 verse 12 says, this says, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Oh Lord, truly I'm your servant. I'm your servant, the son of your maidservant, you freed me from my chains. See, when we know that someone has done something amazing, such as giving their life for us so we could live, the natural reaction is, what can I do to repay that? Like, even a small thing, what can I do? What can I do to honor this person? And let me tell you this, because Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, the least that we can do in response, in fact, the calling that is now on our lives, is to honor Jesus with our lives. See, since Jesus died for us, let's live for him. See, when you live to honor Jesus with your life, not only are you honoring Jesus, but something else happens. You bring hope to the people around you. That's what you were made for. In fact, let me put it this way. You weren't made to just live 20 years of eating and playing and enjoying your life. You weren't made just for 40 years of slaving away at your job under the sun. You weren't made just to do monkey tricks and entertain people. You weren't made just to bark at everything that goes by in your life. We were put on this earth for a greater purpose. We were put on this earth to bring honor to Jesus and to bring hope to others. 
That's why we are here. That's why 1 Peter 3.15 says it this way. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Would you notice these two words, honor and hope? We want to honor Christ, and we want to bring hope to others. Honor and hope go hand in hand in the Bible, and it's about bringing honor to Jesus. It's about bringing hope to others. That's why you and I are on this earth with breath in our lungs. It's to bring honor to Jesus and hope to others. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. See, how can you bring honor to Jesus and hope to others at the same time? Well, there's so, so, so many ways. But let me end today by sharing with you two powerful ways that you can honor Jesus and bring hope to others in this season. The first thing you can do is get baptized. See, Jesus going to the cross was a huge thing. In fact, it's the greatest thing of all. It's the biggest thing of all. And in return, Jesus asks us, at least as a first response to him, to do a very small thing, which is get baptized. See, what is baptism? Baptism is a simple way to declare your faith in Jesus Christ. It's saying, I'm a sinner who needs a savior, and his name is Jesus. And just as Jesus died, and he was buried, and he rose again, so when you go into the water and you come back out, your baptism symbolizes your new life in Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 28, 19, 20, this is Jesus talking. These are, in fact, like Jesus's words, his great commission to his disciples. He says, it says, therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Notice this. Jesus says to his disciples, says, go and make disciples of all nations, every creed, every color, every person of every background, make disciples disciples, and the first thing you do, baptize them. That's the first thing. And then after you baptize them, you teach them everything that I've commanded you. Notice this, baptism is the first step. See, receiving all that teaching of all that God wants us to do, that comes after. Some of us, we get it mixed up. We go, you know, oh, I, I, I'm not going to get baptized now. Maybe 20 years from now, I'll get baptized. But oh, I'm just, I just want to get teaching. I want all this teaching. I want all this teaching. We've got it actually mixed up. Is that actually baptism is the first step to receive, is, is the first step to your faith in Jesus. Is that you receive Jesus in your life, and that first step is to get baptized. That's why when you read about the book of Acts and, and the early church, is that people would believe and they get baptized on the same day because baptism was that very first step. That's why we hear at Thrive, we say, you know, baptism is not a graduation. Baptism is a beginning, right? And, and you know, Mark chapter 16, verse 16, Jesus says here, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. See, for Jesus, believing and baptism go hand in hand. That's how important baptism is. If it wasn't important to Jesus, Jesus would not mention it over and over again. See, baptism is a simple way to declare your faith in Jesus, and baptism is also a way to honor Jesus and to bring hope to others. See, in fact, when, when you get baptized, it's, it's you giving honor to the one who gave his life for you. You're honoring him when you do it. In fact, even during COVID-19 season, we actually started to baptize people again. Praise God. And in fact, just a few weeks ago, we baptized Tom. Tom, he came up to us and said, hey, can I get baptized? I'm like, okay, sure. And, and, and we didn't know where, where to go. And, and, and Tom's girlfriend said, hey, I, I've got a pool. And so we went to that pool and we baptized him in his girlfriend's pool. It was an amazing thing. And then just this past Sunday, we went to Jericho Beach and we baptized Michael. And it was this amazing, awesome thing. It was, you know, 
after a week in Vancouver of smoke that filled the sky for the first time, there was this, it was, it was this, there was a blue sky. It was beautiful. Went to Jericho Beach. Michael got baptized. In fact, here it is. Take a look. Check that out. So, Michael, number one, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that he rose again from the grave? Uh, if you do, then please say, I do. I do. And secondly, Michael, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior and born followed? How can you say, I have? Uh, awesome. Well, here we go. We're going to do this. Michael, since you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you want to follow him, it gives a great, great pleasure right now to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Praise God, you know, even even people in kayaks were clapping for him from a distance. It was amazing. And, and you know, if you're here and, and you've never gotten baptized before, but you d- believe in Jesus, can I encourage you, make the most of this opportunity, even during COVID-19. If you're concerned about physical distancing, and, and we are too, we want to keep everyone safe, you know, you might be wondering, how do we do baptisms in this season safely? Well, I got to tell you this, is that we are absolutely committed to doing things safely with you. And if you want to get baptized, we can together with you discuss a simple safe way to do your baptism that you're totally comfortable with that we're comfortable with as well i don't even need to touch you i don't need to touch you it it, it could be somewhere someone within your bubble is the one who actually you know carries you out of the water dips you in the water i can just be you know i can i I can i can even just watch from zoom and i'll just you know we'll just baptize you that way i'm serious i'm totally serious the point is this is if you believe that jesus christ died on the cross for your sins and you've received jesus as your savior then you can and should get baptized, says Jesus. It's a way to declare your faith in him. It's a way to honor him by obeying his word and saying, just as you died for me, I want to do this simple, small thing to honor you for what you did. And see, if you're interested in getting baptized, or you've got questions about baptism, I want to encourage you to go to mythrive.info and just click that button, baptism at Thrive. You know, it's just like, you know, in the video, Boston College, they've got this football team where Wells went to school. And they decide to honor him by, on one day, they decide they're all going to wear these uniforms that have the red bandana on it, just like he would wear, in honor of Wells. Or just like Wells' friend, Tyler, who went to the Olympics as a snowboarder. And as he's snowboarding, he's got a red bandana on, just like Wells would wear. What are they doing? They're identifying with their friend, Wells. They're honoring their friend, Wells, with a very simple, small gesture. Baptism is like that. It's identifying with Jesus. It's honoring Jesus for what he did with a simple, small gesture. Now, for those of you who say you believe in Jesus, but for whatever reason, for a really long time, you've been refusing to get baptized, let me just talk to you really quick right now. For those of you who think, oh, it's it's too much trouble, especially in COVID-19, I don't want to trouble the church. I don't want to trouble people to to, to, to get me baptized. Let me tell you this. It is our joy to do so. We live to do this. And you know what? It's also really easy. We can find a pool. We can find a, a, a beach. We can do it almost anywhere as long as you're willing to do it. And see, for those of you who think, oh, but baptism represents such a huge commitment. And I'm just not at that point yet. I still you know, have many questions. Let me just, I've got questions too. For the, for the rest of my life, I'm going to have questions. But see, you understand what baptism is. When you get baptized, you're not saying, look how committed I am. Or look how good I am. You're missing the point if you think that's what baptism is. When you get baptized, you're not saying, look how committed I am. You're saying, look how committed Jesus is to me. 
When you're saying, when you're getting baptized, you're not saying, look how good I am. You're saying, look how good Jesus is to me. See, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Amen. Amen. And see, and in so doing, because it's about him, when you get baptized, you're bringing honor to Jesus and you're sending a message of hope to other people. See, sometimes I'll hear people say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I don't need to get baptized because I'm already happy and I'm just fulfilled just the way I am. I don't need baptism to make me happier or more fulfilled. With all due respect, you're missing the point. You're missing the point about what baptism is. Could you imagine if one of those 18, they say 12 to 18 people that Wells gave his life for and rescued. Imagine one of those 18 people decides on a day when everyone is going to honor Wells' life publicly. That person says, you know what? I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to go and publicly honor him because I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm fulfilled. You know, I don't need to publicly declare that Wells saved my life in order to be happier and more fulfilled. I'm happy the way I am. You know what? You're missing the point because it's not about you. It's not about how happy or fulfilled you will feel by publicly declaring that Wells saved your life. It's about what kind of honor are you giving to the one who gave his life for you? What kind of message are you sending to all the other people? See, in the same way, when you know that Jesus gave his life for you and saved you, and yet you say, oh, I'm not going to get baptized. I know Jesus tells us to. I know it's a first step, but I know it's a symbol of, 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 of honoring him, but I'm good. I'm just happy the way I'm at. I, I'm unfulfilled the way I am. You're missing the point because it's not about how happy or fulfilled baptism is going to make you feel. It's about giving honor to the one who gave his life for you. It's sending a message to other people that there is hope in Jesus Christ. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Amen. And so if you know that Jesus tells Christians to get baptized and that's their very first step of faith, and yet you say, I believe in Jesus, and yet you're like, oh, I'm not, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to get baptized. You need to actually question how much you really believe in Jesus after all. Because you say, oh, you believe in Jesus? Yeah. You believe Jesus died for you? Yeah. You want to follow him? Yeah. Get baptized. No. See, there's, there's something wrong. Something wrong. And, and see, that's the thing. Because it, if you say, I believe in Jesus, but I'm good without being baptized, then you know what? You're actually not following Jesus. You're actually making up your own religion. You're, you're, you're not trusting Jesus' words who says, believe and be baptized. Instead, you're doing something else. You're making your own religion up just by doing that. Instead of placing your trust in what Jesus did for you, you're placing your trust in something else, like your feelings or, or whatever it is that you think you're doing. And oh, but I'm scared of water. Guess what? If you really need to, if you really can't get into the water because of you know, physical limitations, we've done sprinkling baptisms too. The point is, if you believe in Jesus, you need to get baptized. And see, by the way, baptism ain't a scary thing, you know? It's actually one of the happiest things you can do. It's a happy thing when you honor Jesus with a simple gesture of baptism. It's a happy thing when you can spread contagious hope by sending this little message that there is hope in Jesus Christ, and I'm so glad that I found it. See, so don't delay baptism. Those of you who are trusting in Jesus already, but you've never gone baptized, don't delay it. Don't delay it. Turn, your neighbor, turn your neighbor and say, don't delay it. Don't delay. It's the first step to honoring Jesus and spreading hope to others. If you believe that, say amen. And again, if you want to get baptized, if you're thinking about baptism, if you have questions about baptism, go to mythrive.info to sign up. Number two, second way that we can bring honor to Jesus and hope to others in this season, and we're going to end with this one, don't be afraid to tell others about the hope we have in Jesus. Don't be afraid. Turn your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, Philemon 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 6 says this. It says, I pray 
that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. This is so good. Can you just share it with me? Can you read it with me one more time? I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. In other words, in other words, Paul's saying to this guy called Philemon, he's saying that if you want to experience the fullness of God's blessing in your life, if you want to experience every good thing that God made you for, then you want to be active in sharing your faith. It's because there are some blessings that come with being active in sharing your faith that you're not going to get just by reading your Bible or by going to church or by praying. It's that when you're active in sharing your faith, there are certain blessings that come. It's, it's a courage that comes. It's character development that comes. It's friendships that you build. It's, it's, it's honoring Jesus that way. It's you know, making a difference in this world that you're not going to make just by being in your own little bubble that way. It's, and so it's, there's Every good thing that has that God has for you, you experience it when you're active in sharing your faith. You develop muscles you didn't have before. It's one of the most important things you could possibly do with your life today. And see, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, we read it before, but let me emphasize one more thing. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness in respect. See, we want to do it gently, we want to do it respectfully, we want to do it lovingly. In fact, let me tell you this way. When you tell others about the hope you have in Jesus, and you do it not in super insensitive, unloving ways, but you do it sensitively, respectfully, courageously, creatively, lovingly, what happens? You honor Jesus, and you start spreading contagious hope. See, telling others about your hope in Jesus doesn't always have to be a debate or a confrontation or some really aggressive soapboxy thing. Still, though, you need to be willing to stick your neck out. You need to exercise a little bit of courage, even when you're scared. Like we said last week, if you want to spread contagious hope, you need to dare to be different in a good way. Now, here, I've been a Christian for I don't know how many years now. And even as a pastor, I can tell you, I would be lying if I told you that sharing my faith is always easy. It's not. Sometimes it scares me to death. Sometimes I get really nervous. Sometimes I don't know what to do. But here, that's why here at Thrive, in as many ways as we possibly know how, we want to make it as easy as possible for you to share your hope in Jesus with others. And that's why when we plan every Sunday service, every weekend service here at Thrive Church Online, do you know we don't just have Christians in mind, but even more, we have in mind people who've never been to church before, who have no idea about Jesus, who've never really read the Bible, and we want to, have, we want to give them the most awesome experience like we'd like to say among our core leaders is that we want to speak as if the world is listening because we've got a message that is way too important to be silent about. And see, we're not just here to be at Thrive Church some Christian club where we're just serving each other and tickling each other, you know, and and, and just, oh, oh, we're so happy and comfortable in our Christian club, you know. You see, the the, the reason why Thrive Church exists is not to be a Christian club, but it's to reach people who have have no idea that God loves them. To reach people who have no idea and have never seriously considered who Jesus is and what he has done because that's what Jesus calls us to do. Amen. 
And see, the biggest mistake that we can make as Christians when it comes to sharing our faith and sharing the hope we have in Jesus, above and beyond speaking before listening or treating people as projects instead of just loving them without an agenda, the biggest mistake of all, the biggest mistake we make when it comes to sharing our faith is that we simply don't is that we simply don't share our faith. That is the biggest mistake we can possibly make. It's because we absolutely believe, because the Bible tells us so, that without Jesus, people are headed to an eternity without hope. And that's not okay. I don't, I don't know about you, but that's not cool. And, and we can do something about it. We have a message of hope that can change the world. And it's not cool that we just let people go into a Christless eternity without hope. And that's why we exist here at Thrive. We want people to see at Thrive Church that hope lives here. Oh, come on. Give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. Amen. That's why we're here. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's why we're here. And that's also why I hope that, you know, at a future service, and I'm not going to say that this, when does this happen? Sometimes it might happen, but at a future service, maybe at a big Thanksgiving service, or maybe at Christmas, or whenever it might be, if, I, if you hear that I'm sharing the same joke, or the same story that you've heard before, I think Pastor JB shared that before, remember this, it's because it's not about you. <laughs> it's because we're trying to reach people who have maybe never stepped in the church before. And, and here's the thing, is that so that you can love them and love them well, and lead them to Christ. I would ask that, you know, if I, if I share a joke or a story that you've heard before, respond as positively as if you heard it the first time. Amen? You're like, oh, <laughs> oh Pastor JV, it's like I've never heard that before. That's so good. That's so good. And, and praise God, sometimes it's nice to hear a story the second time around. Amen? I'm fully aware of when I repeat a story or repeat a joke. I'm probably more aware than anyone else, but it's because we want to reach people for Jesus. Amen? See, we want to give you as many ways as possible to be able to share your faith and your hope in Jesus Christ with others. And that's why I want to end by telling you there's, there's one simple way that you can share your hope with, uh, in, in Jesus with others these next few weeks. And what is it? Invite your friends to our Thanksgiving services happening on Thanksgiving Sunday, October 11. That's two weeks from today. And see, to help you make that invitation, we have something we're going to try together and it's called Sweet High and Pie. Sweet High and Pie. Yes, if you're an older Christian, you might know that this is a play on an old Christian hymn called Sweet By and By. Right, I'm not going to sing it for you, but you know, those of you who are really into hymns, maybe you're really young and, or, and, and you're just really into hymns, and uh, that's kind of weird. It's kind of cool. It's kind of weird. It's kind of cool. Uh, maybe you're an older Christian. You know the song Sweet By and By. This is not Sweet and By and By. This is Sweet High and Pie. And what is Sweet High and Pie? See, to help you get active in sharing your hope in Jesus with others in sweet, sensitive, hopefully joy-bringing, hope-spreading ways. We are going to have hundreds of delicious pies waiting for you here at the Thrive Center. And your mission is to take three pies along with some invitations to our Thanksgiving services, and I want you to find a family, find a neighbor, find a friend, find a classmate, find a coworker, and, you, and if you think they would appreciate a pie, and who doesn't love pie, man? Oh, I love pie. Oh my goodness, sometimes I go to Save On Foods just to buy a pie. That's, that's, how, that's how much I love pies. And see, and if you can find someone who can appreciate a pie, you can just say, hey, hey, by the way, here, here's, I, I just thought, you know, it's fall, here's a pie for you. And then, by the way, 
Not sure what you're doing on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving Sunday in the morning. Not sure you've got anything going on. But hey, if you're free, would love for you to check out this awesome online Thanksgiving service that my church is putting on. It's going to be really cool. It's just a really cool way to give thanks during Thanksgiving. Would love to, for you to join that. Hey, and, and if it's appropriate, you can even say, hey, like, and we can even meet up to watch the service together if you want. Or if you want to go even more informal, you want to be more kind of cool and nonchalant about it. You can be like, uh, hey, like, my, my church is like giving out some pies. You want a pie? You, you, you're in the pies? Yeah, oh, oh yeah, and by the way, there's, there's a really cool service going on. You might want to check that out as well. Here's, here's an invitation, right? Whatever way you want to do it, what is it? It's sweet, high, and pie. And what are we doing? We're building relationships. We're delivering pies. We're making invitations. And we're spreading hope in the process. And, that's, that, and what, what, what if you're not in greater Vancouver? What if you're watching from another country right now? You can participate too. You can, you, you can go and get some pies from your local bakery and do the same thing and invite people to the service as well. Maybe you don't have pies there. Maybe you can go get, go get some samosas. Go get some pupusas, right? Go and get some onigiri. Go and get some shawarmas. You know, go and get some croissants. Go and get some, like, a phony suit, whatever you want, whatever you think your friends will eat, you give that to them, and at the same time, say, hey, we'd love to invite you to our Thanksgiving service happening on October 11. It's going to be awesome. If you believe that, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. Amen? It's sweet, high, and pie. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for some sweet, high, and pie. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. You know, when Ling Young, the Asian woman in the video that we saw, when she shared her experience of how Wells Crowther saved her life, she got in front of the camera and she said this. She said, without him, I wouldn't be here. He saved my life and he'll always be in my heart and always be with me. You know, when you share the hope you have in Jesus with others, what you're really saying is the same thing. Without him, I wouldn't be here. He saved my life and he'll always be in my heart and always be with me. You know, there are so many ways, so many ways that we can tell others about the hope we have in Jesus. You can share your story, just like Ling Young did. You can invite people to church, just like we're doing here. You can do other creative things to reach people for Jesus. But the most important thing is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Or, be afraid and do it anyways. The most important thing is, do it. Because it's bringing honor to the one who gave his life for us and is bringing hope to people who need hope. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. See, that's a statement from Jesus before he died on the cross. And I want to put it to you today that that is not just a prophetic statement about what Jesus would do for us. It's also a vision statement of the way we as followers of Jesus and as his church, the way we're meant to live. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You know, if you and I would lay down our lives by being willing to share with others the hope we have in Jesus, and if we would do it in sensitive, respectful, loving, gentle, courageous, creative ways, what's going to happen? We're to bring honor to Jesus Christ, and at the same time, we're going to show the people in our city and the people around the world a greater love than they've ever known and a hope that overflows. Amen. Give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Can we do that together? Let's respond to God right now. I'm going to ask you just to pray with me together. And if you're here and you realize that this message was for you today and you hear the message of how Jesus Christ saved our lives by giving his life for us so that we could live, so that we could be forgiven. 
And if you want to receive that forgiveness, you want to receive that love from Jesus today, it's as simple as praying a prayer. It's not based on what you have, what we, what you have to do. It's based on what Jesus Christ already did for you on the cross. And so if you want to receive God's forgiveness, God's peace, the assurance of heaven, the assurance of what we call salvation, then I want to encourage you right now, why don't you pray this prayer with me? When just, why don't you pray this prayer? Why don't you lift up your hand to God as well as, 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 as an expression of your sincerity? Why don't you just pray this prayer with me right now? Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross to save me so that I could be forgiven. Thank you for rising again to give me life. Right now, I open up my heart. Please come in, forgive me of my sins, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer just now, you meant that from your heart, then according to the Bible, you are a child of God. You are forgiven of your sins. You are a citizen of heaven, and the best is yet to come. And to help you unpack that decision and make the most of that decision, huge congratulations to you. To help you unpack it, would you just click that link that's in your chat room right now, and that will warp you over to some resources that are just going to encourage you as you to, 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 on this new journey with God. And if you don't see that link in your chat room, you can also text the word BELIEVE to 604-285-5770. Can we give all of our friends who just prayed that prayer a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? That's the hope we have in Jesus. It's the greatest thing of all. And it's contagious. And lastly, because we want to be a church that isn't afraid to tell others about the hope we have in Jesus. I want to encourage you to pray with me right now. I want you just to do this right now. If you realize that you are in that boat, you don't want to be afraid. Maybe you have been afraid in the past, but you don't want to be afraid. Or you're afraid, but you still want to do it because you know that's what God calls us to do and you know that there's nothing more important than that. Why don't you lift up your hand to God right now as an expression of your sincerity right now. And why don't you just pray with me together. Would you pray for the people that you want to invite to Thanksgiving service? Would you pray that God would make you courageous and creative and loving and sensitive and gentle and, and respectful and, and just so effective in inviting people to, 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 to Thanksgiving service and just sharing God's hope with them. We just start talking to God right now in your own words. Don't wait for me to stop talking. Don't wait for someone else to start talking. You just start talking to God because he's here. He's listening. He loves you. Just start talking to God right now. Let's pray that we be a people that bring contagious hope to our cities, who brings contagious hope into our world, into our home, into our workplace, our schools, our neighborhoods, our communities. Just start talking to God right now. Would you do that right now? Respond to God. Respond to God. It, they make this moment count. Let's respond to God. Let's start talking to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, you're calling. Thank you, God, you're calling. You're calling people here. You're calling people here. We're responding to you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you pray this with me right now? Say, thank you, God, for reminding me today that someone died for me so that I could live. Not for myself, but live to bring honor to you, to bring hope to others. I want to honor you with my life. So I pray, make me a channel of contagious hope to the people around me. Help me not to be afraid to share this hope with the people in my life. Thank you 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. One more time, would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Would you continue to worship God in this place? Our worship band's going to lead you in a song. And after that, I'm going to lead you in one final prayer. We're going to close out our service. Let's continue to worship God and give our best to him. Don't check out now, but let's give our very best because the best is yet to come. Be praised. You will be praised. 
right, one more time. Can we give God a big hand, a big shout? Let's play together right now. Come on. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for your amazing love that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins, that you came down, so that you, or you came up so that we could come down. You went up to a cross so we could come down. We thank you so much for the fact that we have this hope that isn't something we manufacture, but it's the power of God working in our lives. We thank you, God, that we have this hope that was never meant for us to hang on to ourselves, but was meant to be shared. It was meant to overflow. And we pray, Father God, that it would truly overflow in us and through us and through our church family to the city and the world right now. We pray, Father God, that you would make us so courageous and so creative and more than anything, that we would just stop at nothing. Just as you stopped at nothing to reach us, we would stop at nothing to reach the people in our lives. We thank you so much for the hope we have in you. We pray all of your blessing on every single person here, knowing that in this world we may have trouble, but we can take heart because there's a greater hope that we have in Jesus. We thank you so much. We give you praise and pray all of your blessing, courage, strength, wisdom, vision, creativity, comfort, healing, and hope and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys are an amazing church. You're beautiful inside and out. As we close off our service, we're going to give our faithful tithes, our generous offerings. Let's do that right now, knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. And so thank you so much, generous church, for giving in advance. You can go to mythrive.info to give. And praise God, as we seek his kingdom first, not only does he add everything we need, but he builds his church and expands his kingdom through us as well. Praise God. I'm going to hand the time back to our online host today. That's it for us today. Have an amazing rest of your Sunday. Have an awesome coming week. Let's invite people. It's time for sweet high and pie. It's time to spread contagious hope. Praise God. The best is yet to come because of Jesus. Have a great week, everybody. Love you guys. See you soon. Thank you, Pastor JB, for your powerful message today. We loved hearing your message. All right, let's jump into some announcements. Once again, if this is your first time visiting us, let us know by texting new to 604 285 5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. Also, we would love to invite you to join us to meet the pastors on Zoom after service today. It is a perfect opportunity for you to meet new friends, ask questions, and know more about Thrive Church. Check it out by clicking the link in the chat room or visiting mythrive.info. All right, if you made the decision to receive Jesus Christ today, congratulations! Let us know by texting BELIEVE to you know it, 604-285-5770. We have prepared a gift that includes a series of videos that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. It'll be mailed right to your door, and we hope they'll guide you on the right path to follow Jesus. Also, if you would like to get baptized or find out more about baptism, go to mythrive.info slash baptism. Thrive Discipleship School is happening on October 4th to November 15th. It's an online course that helps you build a strong foundation for your growing relationship with God. Today is the last day to sign up for our early bird price. For more information or to sign up, please go to mythrive.info. Thanksgiving is just around the corner. We want to invite you and your family and friends to our Thanksgiving service on October 11th at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m 
and on October 12th at 7pm to help invite your friends and family. We would love for you to give them a sweet high and pie. Go to MyThrive.info to sign up to pick up some pies and share it with all of your family and friends. There will be limited quantities available, so don't hesitate. Go to MyThrive.info right now. That's it for this week. Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at MyThrive.info. Have a fun and awesome week ahead. I'll see you all next week right here at Thrive Church Online. Bye!